Section seven of the Book of the Ocean. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of the Ocean by Ernest Ingersoll. Secrets won from the frozen north. Part two. The next important expedition was another attack upon the northeast passage, the hope of which would not down, and it was under the leadership of Professor Adolf Erik Nordenskjold, a Swedish geologist and naturalist of Stockholm, although born in Finland, who had made several previous journeys to Greenland, Spitsbergen, etc., which were fruitful of scientific results then he turned his attention to siberia and in eighteen seventy five and again in eighteen seventy six he sailed to the mouth of the yenisei as also captain wiggins of sunderland england was then doing in a profitable trade with the siberians which has been kept up more or less regularly ever since these experiences convinced him that it was worth while to try once more to work one's way through the siberian ocean to bering strait he obtained and outfitted the steamer vega and arranged that a smaller supply steamer the lena should accompany him as far as the mouth of the river lena a bold proposition in itself for that was a thousand miles beyond the yenisei nevertheless this programme was carried out for leaving gothenburg on july the fourth eighteen seventy eight a month later they were traversing the kara sea and on august the nineteenth passed cape kaluskin which up to that time had defied all attempts and has since closed the gate to all but the daring nansen a week later the mouth of the lena was reached and the little tender unloading her coal and other stores into the depleted hold of the vega turned west and actually sailed back to civilization uninjured the vega then hastened on eastward and came near getting right through to bering strait in that one season but this was more than the indulgent arctic gods could grant and at the end of september the men found themselves frozen into the ice off north cape where cook turned back in seventeen seventy eight only one hundred and twenty miles from bering strait here they were near shore the country was inhabited by churches a nomadic people with herds of reindeer who take the place in siberia of the eskimos of arctic america and the time was well spent in gathering a knowledge of these people and their country and in making very valuable collections in zoology and anthropology it was not until july the eighteenth eighteen seventy nine however that their prison gates opened and the vega steamed on these waters were familiar enough to navigators and Nordenkjold proceeded straight east, passed down through Bering Strait on the next day but one, so near was he, 
and thus easily accomplish that which had baffled men since first it had been tried by the unfortunate willoughby three hundred and twenty-six years before but though the northeast passage had thus been found it was of no more practical value to commerce than the solving of the northwest passage had been and the value received from the cruise was in the scientific information gained the more accurate delineation of the coast and the increased knowledge of winds currents magnetic phenomena and the behaviour of the floating ice-fields on that side of the polar area when at last however the vega had circumnavigated the globe by this extraordinary course returning home through the suez canal as no arctic expedition had ever been expected to do its commander was made a baron and all his men were loaded with praises and honours while his book the voyage of the vega printed in four or five languages spread their fame throughout the world now while the vega was drifting slowly about northeast of siberia during that early summer of eighteen seventy nine not only were schwalka hunting for franklin relics with the eskimos of king william's land the danish captain jansen tracing the northeast coast of greenland and dutch and english explorers investigating the neighbourhood of francis joseph land but within a few leagues of Nordenskjold and his men there was beginning one of the most dreadful of those tragedies that have seared with suffering the track of arctic exploration since men began to pry into the secrets of the frozen north i mean the story of the jeannette many readers of this book will easily remember the intense interest which the starting of this expedition created in the united states for it was organized at the suggestion and expense of james gordon bennett the proprietor of the new york herald the government co-operated however lending from its navy the officers and men needful and otherwise aiding the project the vessel itself was the steam yacht pandora which had been proved a worthy craft by sir alan young in his search for the magnetic pole in eighteen seventy five and which mr bennett had bought and rechristened supplied with everything science and experience could suggest the jeannette sailed from san francisco on july the eighth eighteen seventy nine and missing the incoming vega among the fogs of bering sea passed through into the siberian ocean bound polewood the last report of her was that she had been seen september the third steaming toward wrangell land which had been sighted by american whalers in eighteen sixty seven and was generally regarded as of continental extent northward it is now known that de long intended to reach it and winter there but to his dismay he could not escape from the ice-pack and to his astonishment found himself drifting past the northern margin of wrangell land thus proving it an island about seventy miles long when two years had passed and no tidings had been received 
the united states government equipped a search expedition in the steamer rogers commanded by lieutenant berry which in eighteen eighty one reached and examined wrangell land and then went north farther even than collinson reaching seventy three degrees forty four minutes the highest point yet attained immediately north of bering strait where the paleocrystic ice spreads much farther from the pole than on the american side but he found no trace of the jeannette and himself had a hard time getting home for the rogers was burned in her winter quarters what then had befallen the lost vessel she had become beset in the ice and drifted with the pack around the north end of wrangell island and then west until at the end of twenty-two months she had been crushed and sunk on june the twelfth eighteen eighty one in latitude seventy-seven degrees fifteen minutes north and longitude one hundred and fifty-five east two small islands named jeannette and henrietta had been visited some distance east of the scene of the catastrophe but when the crews saving themselves and what little they could on the ice started to drag their boats and sledges homeward they headed directly south and soon found a new island named bennett which is the northernmost of the new siberia group it would be a sad task were it possible to relate here the frightful hardships of that journey through the fast-gathering arctic night toward the bleak coast of siberia having passed the islands open water was found and the starving men embarked in their three boats for the mouth of the lena but soon they were separated in a storm and each one proceeded as best he could one boat founded in the first gale another in charge of melville now engineer-in-chief united states navy reached an eastern mouth of the river and ascended it to a russian village a third boat with de long and others also reached the lena delta but only two seamen were able to proceed afoot to bowan a far-away russian settlement melville heard of this and made haste to start out searching parties but they were too late de long and his crew had died of exhaustion and it was not until the next season that their bodies and records were fully recovered nevertheless as we are assured by experts the results of this unfortunate expedition were important physically and geographically they covered some fifty thousand square miles of polar ocean and clearly indicate the conditions of an equal area between their line of drift and the asiatic coast de long believed the siberian ocean to be a shallow sea dotted with islands and his conclusions have been confirmed by the admirable scientific work since of toll bunge and other europeans who have explored the leechoff islands and other places in that part of the arctic realm the desire for scientific study of the polar world had now become the motive for northern research though men were still ambitious to reach the pole 
and when sir george nares returned from the great british expedition of eighteen seventy five to tell how the men of the alert had reached a wintering point beyond robeson channel on the west coast of greenland in latitude eighty two degrees twenty seven minutes north and that markham and a sledge party had gone about one degree farther to eighty three degrees twenty minutes twenty six seconds north greater pride was felt in this fact perhaps than in the careful observations and collections that the ships had made this remained the advance record until the memorable feat of lieutenant lockwood of the american greeley expedition eight years later this expedition was one of several acting in concert according to a scheme suggested by Viprecht, and perfected at international congresses of interested men meeting at hamburg in eighteen seventy nine and at st petersburg in eighteen eighty two this plan was for the establishment by various governments of a ring of stations as far within the arctic circle as practicable where simultaneous daily observations of the weather magnetic conditions tides currents etc might be made the arrangement was begun in the summer of eighteen eighty three and observing stations were established by austria on jan mayen island by denmark at godhope greenland by germany on cumberland bay west of davis straits by great britain at great slave lake canada by holland at the mouth of the yenisei by norway at olsen fjord norway by russia at the mouth of the lena and on nova zembla by sweden on spitzbergen and by the united states at point barrow alaska and farthest north of all lady franklin bay greenland nothing need be said about most of these stations all were successful except the dutch but to the last named belongs a story that americans will not forget the command of the lady franklin bay station was assigned to lieutenant a w greeley not a naval lieutenant but like schwalke a cavalry officer then assigned to duty in the signal service to which because it then supervised the weather bureau the government had entrusted this matter a steamer easily conveyed greeley and his party to lady franklin bay and left them there with a good house ready to be set up and supplies of all sorts for two years the prescribed series of observations with barometers and thermometers wind gauges tide gauges magnetic instruments and all the rest were at once begun and two winters passed comfortably enough dogs and eskimo drivers had been obtained and several journeys were made of which the most important was lockwood's advance toward the pole of which an account has been succinctly supplied by general greeley himself in his admirable handbook of arctic discoveries lieutenant j b lockwood one of the principal assistants who had already displayed great skill and energy in sledging 
even in prolonged temperature as low as eighty one degrees fahrenheit below freezing undertook a long exploring trip up the greenland coast to or beyond cape britannia a large party went with him at first but gradually men were sent back after establishing supply depots the journey onward was marked by severe storms rough ice broken sledges snow blindness minor injuries and worst of all for loaded sledges soft deep snow at last some distance north of cape bryant all turned back except lockwood sergeant brainard and an eskimo christiansen who with twenty-five days rations pushed on in five and one-half days they had reached cape britannia the farthest north of the nares expedition eighty-two degrees twenty minutes north halting here only long enough to study the landscape from its summit and make sure of the remarkable fact that this northern end of greenland is free from the ice cap whose northern limit is about latitude eighty two degrees north they rounded a cape and crossing channel after channel filled with ice which showed that all this district is an archipelago reached on may the tenth mary murray island eighty three degrees nineteen minutes north a violent gale delayed them sixty-three hours the cold exhausting them physically and the delay mentally if weather forbade travel life must be sustained but they tasted insufficient food only at intervals of fifteen twenty-four and nineteen hours the last as clearing weather made progress possible flow so high that the sledge was lowered by dog traces ice so broken that the axe cleared the way and widening water cracks in increasing numbers impeded progress but despite all obstacles they reached may the thirteenth eighteen eighty two lockwood island eighty three degrees twenty four minutes north forty two degrees forty five minutes west the farthest of their journey and the highest north by land then or now they could see land several miles northeast which they named cape washington the highest known land and toward the north could overlook a polar sea to within three hundred and fifty miles of the pole even here plants were numerous and foxes hares lemmings and ptarmigans existed the three heroic travellers returned safely reaching headquarters on june the third another expedition by lockwood and his two companions explored and located the west coast of mountainous and glacier-girt grinnell land where the musk-ox and eskimo hunters ranged to the northern border the summer of eighteen eighty three brought no relief ship and the plan of escape must be put into execution at once a ship had in fact tried to reach greeley in eighteen eighty two but failing had left supplies of provisions at cape sabine and elsewhere in eighteen eighty three another relief expedition sent north was dreadfully mismanaged and finally the ship itself was lost 
and instead of leaving supplies took away all that had been stored at cape sabine the precise point where they were to be needed leaving lady franklin bay in august in open boats the party managed after desperate exertions to get near cape sabine and safely landed on bedford pym island on the northwestern shore of smith sound october the fifteenth eighteen eighty three of the misery that followed let greeley himself tell us winter had begun the polar night was imminent clothing in rags fuel wanting and forty days rations must tide over two hundred and fifty days till help could come the main party put up a hut of rocks canvas boat and snow slabs while selected men scoured the coast for caches sought land game and watched seal holes until utter darkness drove all to the hut scientific observations were unremittingly made amusements devised a spring campaign planned and the returning sun found only one dead efforts to cross smith sound failed and a hunting trip to the west found a new schley land but no game finally game came so inadequately that food failed and one by one men died yen seal hunting and rice striving to bring in a cache courage and solidarity continued and if greeley gave to the maimed ellison double food while it lasted he did not hesitate to order in writing the execution of a man serving under an assumed name of henry who repeatedly stole sealskin thongs the only remaining food flowers plants seaweeds and lichens eked out life for the six till june the twenty second eighteen eighty four when the relief ships thetis and bear under captain w s schley and commander w h emery rescued them records instruments and collections were saved to tell the story of an expedition that failed not in aught entrusted to it and whose members perished through others to another piece of brilliant work that of lieutenant r e perry united states navy i can give only a few words because like so much else that might be said of arctic researchers it was by land rather than by sea by extraordinary courage skill and endurance he twice crossed northern greenland showed that it is an island having a northern shore free from inland ice in about eighty two degrees north latitude and made stronger greeley's conclusion that the lands visited and seen by lockwood north of cape britannia are detached islands perry's work may be said to have completed the map of the continental boundary of the arctic ocean but he is still busy there of nansen on the contrary i ought to say as much as i can because his extraordinary voyage in the fram was perhaps more purely an examination of the arctic sea than any other ever made dr fridjof nansen was a young norwegian 
who had already made his mark in greenland where soon after eighteen eighty articles began to be found that he had belonged to the jeannette and apparently must have drifted thence from where she was lost off siberia this was only a part of the indications that convinced dr nansen that a current flowed across the unknown polar space from the neighbourhood of alaska to the northeast coast of greenland and thence became the great arctic current that we recognise south of iceland he argued that if a vessel could find this current north of eastern siberia she would be moved with it until she emerged into the atlantic incidentally she might drift directly over the pole with this in view he raised funds to build and equip a small wooden vessel furnished with both steam and sails which was so shaped by the roundness of her bottom and so amazingly braced and strengthened within that before any nips of the ice would crush her the pressure would lift her out of the water as in fact happened many times in the course of her wonderful excursion nansen chose twelve companions and though some of them were educated men of science others skilful sea captains and others common sailors all lived and worked together in one cabin as brothers the happiest and healthiest lot of men that ever ventured into the hyperborean kingdom of desolation leaving norway in july eighteen ninety three he struggled through the kara sea and it was not until late in september eighteen ninety four that he found himself permanently frozen into the great polar pack north of the new siberian islands but even then he was neither so far north nor so far west as he hoped to get and feared that he was south of his supposed current for the story of the strange life led by those thirteen men on that drifting ship safe abundantly provisioned dry warm lighted by electricity power for the dynamos being gained by a windmill i can only refer you to dr nansen's book farthest north one of the most interesting arctic volumes ever penned turning zigzagging now advancing and again retreating as the constantly moving ice swayed here and there under the pressure of wind or the dragging of currents they nevertheless made a gradual progress westward by march they had reached a point near the crossing of the seventieth meridian and eighty-fifth parallel and were still fixed in the ice then nansen taking with him lieutenant johansen started north by dog sledges in an attempt to reach the pole they could take very few supplies of any sort and how far north they would be able to travel must depend upon their ability to return not to the fram which would drift on but to the islands of francis joseph land far away south the ice bad at first grew worse as they proceeded being one long stretch of hummocks and jagged ditches with now and then a lane of open water around which they would toil in misery only to find a worse one ahead 
on april the seventh it became certain that they must turn back this was farthest north indeed just above the eighty-six degree hardly two hundred and seventy-five miles from the north pole then it was a race against death by cold or drowning or starvation one by one the dogs were killed to furnish food for the remainder at last after almost superhuman labours and thrilling escapes from freezing and drowning and the attacks of famished bears they reached francis joseph land and spent a winter in a hut made out of stones earth and raw walrus hides the next spring they plodded on and by good chance found the camp of the jackson harmsworth surveying party which a few days later would have gone away in its steamer by whom nansen and johansen were carried to norway in august eighteen ninety six a week later the fram came in with every one well and hearty having emerged from the ice just northwest of spitzbergen since nansen's return another scandinavian s a andre with two companions has disappeared into this same desert of ice and silence in a balloon carrying a boat sledge tent and various supplies it was his intention to reach the pole if possible and to do whatever else circumstances permitted since his departure on july the tenth eighteen ninety seven from spitzbergen he has not been heard from except by a pigeon message two days later we have followed up to date the history of adventurous and scientific exploration of the hardly yielding yet steadily narrowed circles of unknown coasts and waters about the north pole let us now see what thus far has been done to wrest from the ocean and ice of its antarctic antipodes the secrets of the south pole almost three hundred years ago the existence of islands far to the southward of any continents became known to navigators who were driven thither by bad weather and little by little was added to the map of this desolate region but it was not until seventeen seventy two that any one went into that terrible antarctic sea for the express purpose of a survey this man was the intrepid captain cook and though he sailed a third of the way around the globe in his efforts to find an entrance through the icy barrier he could never penetrate beyond seventy one degrees south latitude which is equal to north cape or the town of Upernavik in the arctic region later captains did little better until eighteen forty one when sir james ross in his ships erebus and terror the same vessels which afterward met their destruction with the ill-fated franklin expedition skirted the edge of the thick ice that everywhere clothed the land though it was midsummer and finally reached the base of the southernmost land yet known on the globe a magnificent mountain chain stretching away to the south from latitude seventy eight degrees ten minutes 
the most conspicuous point of all this range of polar mountains which rises from an unexplored continent or great island called victoria land is the volcano mount erebus it was in eruption at the time of ross's visit and the explorer tries to tell us of the splendour of its display when the wide glistening waste of snow and the deep blue of the ocean and the starry sky are lit up by the column of fire hurled thousands of feet heavenward from its crater but who can picture the grandeur of such a scene this volcano is about twelve thousand four hundred feet high and an extinct neighbour mount terror is still higher while a third peak mount melbourne exceeds fifteen thousand feet in altitude and like all the rest is covered with everlasting snow and glaciers from the tempestuous water's edge to its lonely crest meagre as this information is it is about all we know of the surface of the globe within the antarctic circle and it will be extremely difficult to learn much more in a latitude much farther from the pole than that where in the north vegetation is abundant and men and animals live all the year round the severity of the antarctic climate cuts off all life and constantly seals the water under a cap of ice the coasts and outlying islands thus far examined appear to be wholly volcanic often composed of nothing but alternate layers of ashes and ice but the challenger staff dredged up from the edge of the ice south of the middle of the indian ocean pieces of granite-like and other rocks such as belong to land regularly formed so that probably the whole uplift does not consist of volcanic materials and furthermore rocks containing fossil plants have been found on some of the southernmost islands which show that in past ages the period of the coal deposits the climate of that end of the world was mild enough to support forests of trees and doubtless a large variety of herbage and animals now most of the coast is unapproachable on account of a border of sea ice or else cliffs of moving land ice or glaciers that give off the flat table-topped icebergs characteristic of the south polar waters no trace of any land animal except visiting sea-fowl has been found and only a little of the simplest plants or lichens nor is this surprising when we learn that the highest noonday heat of summer is only a little above the freezing point why this intense cold and dreadful desolation exists so much farther from the pole in the southern than in the northern hemisphere i need hardly explain to you for you will recall that in the north the continents are so broad as to form an almost unbroken wall about the narrow polar sea confining its cold waters warming the air by wide radiation and guiding the heated flood of the gulf stream straight into the northern sea in the southern hemisphere on the other hand 
an immense breadth of ocean south of latitude forty degrees is broken by no land of any account and the southward flowing warm water from the equator becomes spread out so thin upon the vast surface that it is rapidly chilled it is now generally believed as has been hinted that the south polar region is a continental mass deeply buried in an ice sheet that is ever fed in the centre as fast as it wastes away at the circumference for the prevailing winds there tend toward the pole from all sides and carry loads of moisture to be condensed and fall in ceaseless snows the antarctic seas however are by no means lifeless but abound not only in fishes cod are said to throng in these waters in prodigious numbers but several varieties of whales dolphins and their kin which will be described in one of the later chapters and many kinds of seals notably the huge sea elephant now becoming rare elsewhere then too the antarctic islands and headlands are the resort of enormous flocks of certain seabirds all different from the arctic species of their families which subsist upon the fishes and less creatures in the water and go to the lonely shores outside the ice cap only for rest and to make their nests of all these the penguins are most numerous and most hardy and a whole chapter might easily be given to their quaint appearance and quainter ways it also appears probable that certain migratory birds especially beach feeding kinds regularly visit the antarctic continent in summer from patagonia and breed there now what has been gained by all the expense exertion and hardship of polar exploration what has been the charm that has led wise and brave men to overcome terrific obstacles and turn again with deeper and deeper longings toward the mystic icy regions lieutenant maori has given one answer there icebergs are framed and glaciers launched there the tides have their cradle the whales their nursery there the winds complete their circuits and the currents of the sea their round in the wonderful system of inter-oceanic circulation there the aurora borealis is lighted up and the trembling needle brought to rest and there too in the mazes of that mystic circle terrestrial forces of occult power and vast influence upon the well-being of man are continually at play noble daring has made arctic ice and waters classic ground it is no feverish excitement nor vain ambition that leads man there it is a higher feeling a holier motive a desire to look into the works of creation to comprehend the economy of our planet and to grow wiser and better by the knowledge to polar explorers we owe not only the discovery of the waters coasts and archipelagos that now are accurately outlined upon our maps within the arctic and antarctic circles but vast and valuable products 
whale fisheries seal fisheries cod fisheries and many other additions to the wealth of the world from the sea while the arctic lands have yielded furs and other valuable things in great quantity the study of the people living under those adverse northern conditions has been highly instructive assisting us to reconstruct the life in the primitive world and what we have learned from the records of the arctic rocks has thrown a bright and unexpected light upon the antiquity of the globe to studies of the ocean and atmosphere in very high latitudes science is largely indebted for new facts in magnetism in the movements of the air and causes of climate in the formation and behaviour of ice and icebergs in the action of tides and ocean currents and in many other departments of knowledge all of which have been made of use especially to the navigator nor has this cost overmuch attention has been called to every casualty and the romantic light of adventure has brought into high relief all the hardships and sometimes horrors of arctic experience but the records show that the average of loss and suffering in arctic work is not greater than that of ordinary seafaring and naval careers sir leopold mcclintock has stated publicly that during the thirty-six years when great britain was most active in polar research she lost only one expedition and one hundred and twenty-eight persons out of forty-two successive expeditions sent out and never lost a sledge party out of a hundred that made overland journeys after all no doubt the best result has been the human heroism displayed and the human sympathy developed there are exclaims professor norse and ever will be fair fruits born out of such acts of high aspiration energy and fortitude in those who have gone out and in their liberal supporters exemplars for the lifting up of the discouraged the education of the young certainly volunteers for the paths of discovery will offer themselves until the fullest additions to the domain of science have had their ingathering End of section seven.